Hello and welcome to GACC South Unplugged, a transatlantic conversation with CEO Matthias Hoffman, brought to you by Coba. I am your moderator, Mike Salmon, and I'm happy to welcome our host, Matthias. Hey, Matthias, how you doing? Hey, Mike, I'm great. How are you doing? I heard you've been traveling. Lately. I have. I just got back from New York City. I was there for the U.S. Open to enjoy some good tennis. And then just came back from Orlando, where I was doing some podcasts for a client down there. So I've been doing some traveling lately, which is timely for today's show, isn't it? How did you travel? Did you travel by plane? No, I traveled by airline, but not just any airline. Please. Delta Airlines. Delta Airlines. Oh, that's very good. Because here, opposite of me sitting here in the north of Atlanta, is Michael Jokori, Dr. Michael Jokori. And he's the managing director, airport customer experience and operations for the Americas with Delta Airlines. So, Michael... A great welcome here to the thank show. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. And thank you for the loyalty, by the way. This is fantastic. Appreciate it, Mike. You're flying with Delta. Well, absolutely. Uh, we talked about it before we came on the show. If you live in the Atlanta area, it's, it's hard not to travel with Delta because it's just so convenient to go anywhere in the world. Yeah, I, I honestly, personally, even with the family, we just love to, to go through the Atlanta airport and Look at all those different destinations that you see down there and where you can travel. It's just it's just an amazing experience just to see that. Well, it can get crazy from time to time as well, I know, but um, that's that's the good part of travel, I believe. The Delta experience, it's, it feels so personal. I mean, you're a very people-centric business, so you need to have that personal touch. I would say you hit the nail on the head right there because all the airlines we use, planes that look similar which they are not, but they look similar. We use the same airports to a certain extent. And the thing that really differentiates is the personal touch, the people that do it, that ultimately day by day provide that service in the airports. And uh, that is where I believe Delta is is really top of the list in terms of driving this through the Delta culture. Everybody at Delta, if you talk about, if you come to Delta and you talk about with anybody at Delta, and you you mention Delta culture, you will see the eyebrows go up because they'll tell you it's very special. And that is what makes the difference. Ultimately, the way I see it is if, if you treat your people well, they will treat your customers well. It's a very simple concept. And that was, was implemented in the Delta culture. That is the Delta culture as the foundation of what we do. And the leadership at Delta represents that in everything that they do. I remember how how we were going through the pandemic and uh, at Bastion, our CEO, he was very laser focused. Whatever this brings to us, whatever this means for the airline, for Delta, the first thing we need to take care of our people. He was very, very clear that when he talked about people, he meant employees and customers. And things happened like making sure that we didn't need to do any any uh, forced terminations or furloughs at all during the pandemic. He drove our, literally, I, 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 I saw some of these discussions live where he drove our commercial team crazy when he said, I don't care what you tell me, we keep the middle seats empty for as long as it takes. And if the competition does it differently, I don't care because we want to keep our customers safe. So that people focus is ingrained into everything we do. Well, I want to I want to be clear, we always have room for improvement and people are not people don't equal people. You you'll always have different characters, but it is very important for us to make sure that all our 
employees also understand that this is the difference. Is that also the reason why I read that you're bringing Tom Brady on on board as well? So that is a is a really good that's a really good point because what you would typically think is well you bring a guy like Tom Brady on board he's a brand ambassador right or whatever name you you, you use there. Well, we chose Tom Brady because he has that, and I'm I'm sorry for the Falcon fans. I really am. I saw the game myself, and I am. Since I'm Atlanta, I'm supporting the Falcons, and it hurt. But when you see how he represents what it takes, not just to lead a team, but what it takes to learn how to do the game, to prepare for the game, to prepare for situations where it doesn't go as planned, which we have a ton of in the airline industry as well, and then how to motivate a team to go against all odds and, and still win something, where you think, well, I, actually, there is no way for me to win it. And he, he, seeing him, how he drives this and his personality and how his, his character and the things that he shares helps us get even better, that's, I think, where the benefit actually lies. So I don't expect him to be just out there and talk about how great Delta is. The way we see this is he's coming in, he's learning. The, the first day he came in, he went to the ramp, he ran uh, into the airport, he was learning how the business goes because he has to learn a lot first. But then he's going to talk about, okay, this is what I saw here, this is what I saw there. In my past, we have had these type of ideas and, and tricks on how to, to tackle unplanned situations or motivate teams and, and develop our own leadership skills. That is where I believe the actual benefit lies. And I'm really looking forward to this. The first day he was there was this week uh, during our annual uh, lead conference. And he was, it was pretty impressive for me. And again, I'm, I'm not a New England fan. I'm sorry for mm -hmm. the Patriots there when I say it, but um, it was impressive to see him. You can bring him to our gala. So Delta Airlines, they're a strong supporter of our gala. Always the photo booth. We have some innovation coming up there. October 28th is our gala. So thank you for that, Michael. And, and with that, also to introduce you properly, he's not just with Delta Airlines, but he's also with the German American Chamber of Commerce of the Southern United States on our board since 2018. Now we're not and talking about Tom Brady. We're talking about Mike. We're talking about Michael right now. Yeah, yeah. That is so awesome. Sure. So, Mike, you know, like his initials MJ we have our own MJ in our GAC Sophia right <laughs> yeah this so. is phenomenal thanks for pointing that out <laughs> I just had a, a few Air Jordans on uh, the other day on a Friday in the office and there was somebody saying hey MJ is wearing his MJs and I mm, <laughs> and then I got it <laughs> so let, let's talk about you a little bit so so first of all classic question for somebody in the airline industry aisle or window seat always aisle always I want to be quickly up. I want to quickly uh, be able to sit down, but I want to be close to the exit and um, close to be able to move around when I need to get up in the middle of the flight and grab something from my bin. I want to always be at the aisle and I'm missing out on a, a lot of spectacular views because of that, but that's just the way it is. You can't have right. both. <laughs> Del Delta one or coach? Well, a lot of times I have to admit uh, a lot of times I'm able to fly in the front of the cabin just based on the fact that I am doing a lot of business travels um, that go overnight, overseas and overnight. And I want to hit the ground running when I, when I, when I get there. So Premium Select, our, our new product, or Delta One, 
I appreciate those opportunities. But I also am flying um, Coach Comfort Plus quite a bit, mm -hmm. especially on those routes in the uh, Caribbean, Mexico, Central America, um, because quite honestly, this is where the majority of our customers are. Right. And it's for us, it's, it's a great opportunity to keep experience what this is like. And we are purposely, we are purposely receiving surveys after that from the company saying, hey, for every travel that we do, by the way, hey, tell us what, what went well, what didn't go so well. So we critique and, and, and give us feedback internally, um, station-specific, route-specific, about what's going well and where can we improve. So making sure that you have a good, let's say, cross-section of, mm -hmm. of all those products that we have on board is, is important. So yeah, that's what I do. And, and in your region, you have more than 50 airports, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a super diverse region. And I, I, love, I love this. The, the team is super diverse. I mean, there are, obviously, there are a lot of cool destinations in the Americas. Uh, I, I remember one of my first trips was to Edmonton up in Canada, That station uh, was in the middle of winter in February. We're hoping to bring that back up sometime soon. Um, this is still one of the stations uh, that, that had been closed throughout the pandemic, so um, which was a tough time for us. But I remember this. So you go out there, it's minus 27 degrees Celsius. Um, sorry, I'm still in the European system here. And then we go to the Caribbean. It's very cold, Mike. This is, like, <laughs> this is when the diesel freezes... Let, let me be precise, bad diesel freezes in the tank. That's, that's the temperature. <laughs> and then you go to stations like, I don't know, you, you go to the Caribbean, anywhere in the Caribbean or Mexico, beach destinations, Mexico City, and then you have those stations in Central South America, all the history there and the culture, Lima, Santiago, Panama City. Would it um, be easier to say where Delta does not fly? It is. It is. <laughs> it is actually, uh, for me personally, it has been a tremendous journey. And that is my second job at, at Delta. And I have to say, um, I'm working with a really amazing team because all those team members that I work with, they have the heart, their heart on the right place. So as a leader, you cannot ask for more. And then... If you have that, you can move mountains. And we need to move mountains right now because things are not always going as planned. So you have, again, you have to people to jump in when a flight is delayed or when there's an overnight delay or other things happen on board. The people ultimately need to jump in and say, okay, well, well we got you. We, 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 mm -hmm. we try our best to fix it. And that's where I'm very blessed to have a really good team that does that. But sometimes to the passengers... It's not always obvious if you're with Delta Airlines in charge or not, if you can control it or not. So we talked once about that and found it highly interesting, like from a from a customer experience level, like from the parking to entering the airport until you reach the destination, you're going through different stages, check-in, security, etc. So not everything is, is managed by Delta, but nevertheless, people buy their tickets through Delta, so they expect everything to go well. And if it doesn't, then you're on the line, right? Absolutely. Can you walk us through through the process and where you come in and where you don't come in. And that's a very good point because from a customer perspective, to your point, this is an itinerary, this is a journey and the ticket is not just you being on board, right? So one big part of my job is going to the airport authorities and I give you an example, Lima right now just comes to mind. Peru, Lima, um, long uh, line waits when you go through security a year ago. Um, customers were 
pretty upset. Um, I mean, you're standing in that line. There is a risk you miss the flight. Some miss the flight because the lines are so long just to get through security, immigration lines. So what we do at Delta is, while we don't control it directly, this is not our personnel, this is local police, this is local military, we go in there and that's part of my job, my team's job. We talk to the local authority and we say, hey, we, we measure this. So we have customers in average standing here for 94 minutes. We need to get them through in 30, 30 minutes, max. What can we do? How can we work together? And sometimes we even go in and buy equipment for the airports to say, hey, if you're missing x-ray scanners to screen the bags, we buy one for you. We give it to you so you can speed up the process. So security, immigration, the space you get in at a gate. Not every, every airport is like Atlanta, where Delta pretty much owns the airport. Well, we don't, but we pretty much do. <laughs> when you have a common-use airport, you, are, you have to agree with the, with the airline authorities that they give you more space. How do you do that? You go in there, you talk to them, you build relations, and you also give them good business. And that's ultimately going to be a win-win. Do you prioritize in, in those? I mean, there's this term, moments that matter, right? In terms of customer experience. So we have a term, yes, moments that matter or moments that delight is, is, is a lot what we use. You go to Disney, they call it magic, magical moments or pixie dust moments. But at Delta, we call it moments that delight. What we found was... You have a customer who is impacted by a service failure, and service failure for customers can be different things. Wi-Fi is not working, flight is delayed, whatever it is. If you come in there and provide a moment that delight, you can what we call flip the trip, mm -hmm. meaning that from an NPS that is really well in the negatives, um, net promoter scores, that is a lot, I mean, like really big in the negatives, You can flip it around and it actually becomes a positive experience. You're not solving the de delay for the customer. The flight is still delayed. But if you go in there as an agent and you say, hey, I'm sorry, I heard this. Here's a little something that I can do for you. And this little something can be different things. Customers sometimes are very happy when you just so show empathy. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm sorry, you're missing a family event here. Let me try whatever I can to help you get to your family event. And we have awesome examples There's a cool story uh, that I wanted to talk about when you talk about moments that delight. I go to Montreal. I meet the agent. Her name is Rosa Miloncini. Rosa is one of our frontline agents in Montreal, and she walks in the baggage room past a sea of Air Canada bags that are stranded there. Air Canada had a bad day, and Rosa spots a, a Delta bag in there with a Sky Miles, Sky Miles tag on it. She goes to the Air Canada counter and says, hey, there's a bag of ours in that, in that sea of bags of yours. Can I take a look at this? Normally, you would have just passed by because she was running errands for our own baggage operations. But she spotted that bag. Come to find out that this was a Delta diamond medallion bag that was routed incorrectly. She was able to identify the tag. She made it a point to go to the airport uh, manager of Air Canada in Montreal to say, look, I have connected with the customer. She called the customer who was in tears because there was medical equipment in that bag. All of, all of this unknown to Rosa. She calls the customer. He explains how, how urgently he needs the bag, waiting for the bag already for 36 hours. She goes to the airport manager of Air Canada and says, give me the bag. 
I'm going to reroute it and make sure the customer has it tomorrow. He needs it urgently. No, we can't. It's Air Canada, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, she takes possession of the bag, makes it happen, puts it on next flight through Mini, from Mini through Atlanta, and ultimately reunites the bag with the customer, with the Delta customer, all in her own initiative as soon as we could. We could do it. We couldn't have done it quicker. So this is the stuff where you think, well, you go a little bit beyond and it makes such a big difference for the customer. It can be, again, it can be very simple just by seeing him, by, by showing empathy, by, by giving, by handing over a nice handwritten card and saying, hey, I'm sorry. This is what happened, but have a little something on us by donating some points, by giving a chocolate. <laughs> One other cool thing is my team in San Juan, they do this. They give some kids at the gates who are bored, they give them, they give them a Delta vest and they provide them with those red sticks that you use to guide in the plane. They put them at the window and then the plane comes into the gate and they train the kid on how to move in the plane. Well, the gate agent is standing right below her <laughs> at the ramp level, but, but you don't see that kids from, from that. there. Yeah. So the kids are moving the plane and, and it stops right at the line and she does the sign with the, with the sticks to say, stop, the pilot stops. And the kid is like, wow, this is like, I have the force. So this is the stuff that really makes a difference. And I am really appreciative of, of how the team does that. They come up with those ideas all by themselves. This is not me. That's awesome. I want to do that too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but, but hey, I, I got a really good story with Delta Airlines as well, right? So if you would ask me if I had been ever to South Africa, I would tell you no. But I can tell you that my, air, my iPad has been to South Africa, right? So I forgot it in the front seat, you know, in that, in that little pouch there. And it traveled to South Africa. I thought I lost it somewhere at the airport in Amsterdam back then. And then I get an email like, hey, we think that this is your iPad, right? From somebody from the staff there. And I was like, oh, yes, cool, perfect, you know? And then, and then they organized it in a way that this operator said that she has a friend who's, who's on the airplanes as, a, as an air hostess there, you know? So she would just hand it over, she would bring it to Atlanta, and hey, I just went to Atlanta to the airport, picked up my iPad, which I forgot on the plane on some flight. You know, that was, that was amazing. That was really good. Thank People you. Story. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, the, this goes back to our core values, actually. And uh, I think this is, this is something, I mean, every, every, every company, every airline is, is talking about their core values, and I think this is important. Ours are very simple. It's integrity. It's care, it's perseverance. Now I have, to, I have to revise that it's resilience. It's slightly different than perseverance. And then very important as well is, is servant leadership. So integrity, care, resilience, and servant leadership. Those four things, if you're a leader at Delta, an employee at Delta, these are the four things that we talk about a lot. And we, we plug those into our trainings, into our daily briefings, And it's, it, it, it makes a difference. In particular, the, the pieces of servant leadership. I mean, integrity is, is the basis for everything. If, if you don't have integrity, you don't care, you're not a servant leader, and you certainly have some, some issues with uh, resiliency. But the care, resiliency, and, and servant leadership aspects for our operations are extremely important. But do you get the people that you need? I mean, workforce is... All across the board, every industry, it's the biggest issue of our members with the German Chamber. How, how does it look for you in terms of pilots, etc.? Do you have pipelines there? Like every company right now, like every business, uh, we have been going through a lot of 
um, hiring lately. We have just surpassed the 30,000 new employee mark just recently. And this is, I mean, we're talking about the last couple of years. So you basically have a little bit, almost like a third of your workforce is new. 40% of our frontline leaders in airport operations, actually a little more, 40% of our leaders are new to their roles. And then you have a different type of, 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 of generation that is coming into your workforce as well. So you have like, at Delta, it's very typical. You ask somebody, how long are you with Delta? They will tell you it's like 25 years, it's 30 years, it's 35 years. But now you have like 30% of team members that are number one from a different generation and number two, very new to the company. So you have kind of quote unquote different generations. So it's num one thing is obviously, do you get the people? And the good news there is the Delta brand is is still, ha it has a lot of gravity still, which is really good. And the gravity is actually getting better. So I would say on the recruiting side, we have been doing pretty well. Now the question becomes, how do you integrate those team members into the workforce and make them work together? The experienced ones and the very new ones and the generation here has different expectations from a job than what, what we had when we, we started our careers, right? How do you do this? And ultimately, it comes back to really good leadership in my mind. Meet them where they are. And I know this is easier said than done. But if you have a lot of new team members coming into your team and they have different expectations, first and foremost, they bring something good to your team as well, different perspectives. You might not like them all, but they bring different perspectives. So let's see what we can extract from this. And second, try to understand what their interests are where you can get to know them and then use that as a as a way of saying hey these are great ideas i'll get you into the ideation process of how we can do things better combine them with very experienced team members and 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 make the best out of the those two things together there's nothing better you can do again this is easier said than done but a lot of this is also about how you integrate those two groups it's not just the headcount that you need. Do, do you feel that you have a competitive advantage since Delta is such a, such a strong brand or are you just another airline that is recruiting? So Delta's brand, in my mind, is, is a brand of a trusted consumer business. And we, 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 we look at Delta, in my mind, as it goes beyond just an airline business per se. It goes... I mean, it starts with the Delta brand in terms of, we spoke about earlier a little bit, in terms of credit card usage, right? You, you use a credit card, there's a Delta branding on it. And people use that um, significantly, I mean, extensively within the US. The, the halo and the brand perception of Delta being a trusted brand goes beyond just being an on-time airline. It is about the experience and it is about innovation as well. The fact that we came out and we say, hey, we're going to do Wi-Fi on the flights uh, and it's going to be for free. Again, I, I remember those discussions that I saw at the executive level where some of them were saying, wait a minute, why, what are we doing here? Well, if you provide Wi-Fi for free, what you start to do is you start to help customers come in the Delta, into the Delta 
world by becoming a SkyMile member. If they become a SkyMile member, you start to get to know them better. If you get to know them better, you start to personalize the experience for them in a better way, starting at home with how you receive your messages on your app and how you link that experience then also to other brands that are out there that we are cooperating with. So I would say Delta's brand goes beyond just being an airline. Obviously, our, our mission of, of, of connecting the world is still at the heart of everything we do. But the brand is, is a consumer brand that is trusted that goes just beyond mm -hmm. on time from my perspective. Mike, Michael talked about frequent flyer, you know, the whole elite status game. Are you into that as well? Yeah, well, I, I have been a Sky Miles member for many, many years. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Mike. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm a loyal uh, Delta person, but there's some bre breaking news, if you will, regarding your loyalty program. You want to share some of that? Yeah, absolutely. And this is obviously uh, a good point of discussion, and it will be for, for, for the foreseeable future. I can see that because there's a lot of interest in it. And when changes to those programs come out, it touches, it touches status, it touches benefits, People are very sensitive, and um, we, we took that very well, very well into consideration. In fact, some of those changes are, in fact, based on the, on the uh, feedbacks that we have received. So number one, what we heard was the ways to get status in, a Skyma, in our SkyMars program was complicated. Um, you had a combination of certain things that you had to do to, to get a certain status in SkyMars. It got much simpler now because it's just based on... MQDs and MQDs is basically um, one dollar, one MQD. So when you spend a dollar on a Delta credit card, you earn a dollar towards your status. And that can be a flight, it can be a hotel, but it can also be something that you buy at the grocery store. So we implemented that simplification and we implemented, I believe, pretty fair levels in terms of what you spend to become a, a medallion that goes beyond just the basic medallion membership. The second thing I would say is with that diversification of how you earn status, we also heard the customers by saying, hey, I enjoy the Sky Clubs a lot, but we are seeing longer lines in front of the Sky Clubs. The Sky Clubs are crowded, especially our road warriors that fly with us day in, day out they got concerned and they were very loud and clear about this. So while we have been expanding Sky Clubs left and right as much as we can in an environment where real estate on the, on, in the airport is very, very constrained, you can only do so much uh, on an airfield, while we have been trying to keep up with this by expanding new Sky Clubs or expanding existing Sky Clubs, uh, creating new Sky Clubs, we couldn't keep up with demand. And that being said, there has been there have been some changes to um, Sky Club access that are also being published or were were published this week. It's uh, related to specific card holders, um, Delta Sky Miles Platinum card holders, for instance, will not will no longer be able to access um, our Sky Clubs. But it's also allowing us to make sure that the experience of the Sky Club remains the experience that our customers want. So while it's good for some, it's also not so good for others. We're trying to find the right balance there, but I think it's also um, fair to say that it goes back to a lot of the feedback that we have heard from the customer, and we have to operate there within the constraints that we have in the airport environment when it comes to Sky Clubs. The new Sky Clubs that I've seen, they are phenomenal. Um, 
just been recently in LAX. We have a new Sky Club now in JFK. Atlanta is getting new Sky Clubs. So there is a lot we do there also in the Sky Clubs itself to make them a better experience. But ultimately, we'll have to balance this to make it a, keep it a good experience. So what I'm hearing is you're listening to your, your customers and you're always evolving. This is another, another good thing about uh, this company that I've recognized. When you say evolving, I really um, think about innovation. Innovating on, on what we can do to make the experience even better. Thinking about the partnerships that we have globally. When you travel with different airlines, although they are part of the same uh, alliance, in our case, the Sky Team, you want to make sure that that experience is seamless. Well, today I recognize... It is not always seamless. Depending on what airline itinerary you have and you fly with Delta and then you fly with another airline, you want to check in and you want to check through. Sometimes your, your tools, your digital tools, don't allow you to do everything on that other airline um, leg of your itinerary that you would be able to do on the Delta leg. Now we're working hard to close those gaps because think about it as, this airline is running a system that is, and I'm using an analogy right now, they are running on Apple. This other airline runs on Microsoft. And while we are working with the same data, the systems are different, even though they belong to the same family. So we need to innovate, and we are, on how we close that gap. AI, for instance, is starting to help us with this. AI is starting to help us to predict when a thunderstorm hits Atlanta, how many flights do we need to divert? I don't know if you guys know. 900 flights a day, just Delta in Atlanta, a thunderstorm hits the airfield and you are down like 45 minutes. You have 80 flights sometimes, 8-0, that you have to put into other airports around Atlanta. You have to find a spot for them because they have to just land because they, need, they can't stay in the air forever. Now you have to predict that. How many flights do I have to divert? Where do I have to divert them? How do I get them back quickly? And you have to get those 80 flights back on top of the next 70 that are coming in that next hour. So you have 150 flights arriving, but you only have 100 gates. So how do you do this best? So we are working, and that's a really, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal experience when you see that. So you see the, the, the dispatchers of the flights working together with AI-driven software that gives them option to steer this the best way possible so that we can recover those flights quickly. The last thing you want to do is you want to end up with an international flight sitting in a non-international airport with no CBP as a diversion and not being able to recover to Atlanta. Mm. What do you do? Makes you realize the air traffic controllers, the, the, the amazing job that they do. It is. In this particular case, it's the dispatcher in the, uh, in the Delta control centers that do that particular job, but with the support of the government air traffic controllers. And by the way, if you ask them about staffing issues, be prepared because takes them much longer than us to really um, fill those gaps. And we will see that for, I would say, at least two or three years to come, if they are going to recover at all. You're telling us that Atlanta is a huge airport, so 900 flights per day are coming in, or is it even more? So this is arrivals per day. Arrivals per for day, For yeah. Delta only. For Delta only, yes. So just to put this into perspective, and I see, I hope I get those numbers right, but it is about 900 flights a day, and you have about 100 gates. But, but when you really think about this, they come in at peak hours. And what that means is they're all not just, let's say, averaging across the day. 
you have hours where we have like 70 plus flights, just Delta arriving within one hour. So what that equates to is about three and a half million customers a month. All those customers, obviously, they bring their bags. And then you have 36 miles of baggage belt mm -hmm. in the belly of that airport. Just for the German listeners to this, this is the distance between Aachen and Cologne. Just one straight line of bags going. And it's, it's between two and a half to three million bags, depending wow. on what, what day it is. It's a monster. You have in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area alone, I think we just hit the 40,000 people mark for Delta in the Atlanta slash Georgia area. Biggest employer in the region, right? If you count, let's say, external services to it. Right? Excuse me? Biggest employer in the region. Yes, uh, we just got back to that um, position uh, coming out of the pandemic, which has been a, a phenomenal, it has been a phenomenal roller coaster, to be honest. But yeah, um, coming back to Atlanta, I find it, we talked about it earlier, I find it fascinating how many flights you have on a daily basis. It's the busiest, it's still the busiest and most efficient airport in the world. But you can pretty easily get from gate to gate. People would say, yeah, we have to walk a lot. Yes, I give you that. But if you think about how many flights we are handling there, if you think about how quickly a, a, an average connection there is, It's not that much. Uh, I, I know much smaller airports where I walk much longer and, and get lost much, much, much easier, quite frankly, than in Atlanta. And I'm still getting lost. What about you personally? In, in your position, you shouldn't deal with lost bags, etc. Oh, I do. How, how many, <laughs> let's say, how many friends or acquaintances are messaging or texting or calling you each day like, hey, I missed my flight, can you do something? Can you, can you get me an upgrade? I lost my luggage, etc. It's, it's like working in radio where if you're like a sports broadcaster, they think you can get tickets to any game. Hey, can you give me some tickets to the Atlanta Falcons game or something? Because you, because you happen to interview the coach every once in a while. This is, this is, this is a really great analogy. Another fascinating piece about Delta, and I... Uh, I, I, I really mean this. So we get emails from Ed Bastion. And they say, hey. And he's the CEO. And he's the CEO of, of Delta Airlines. Thank you. This email says, hey, can you look into this? And then the email trickles down. And ultimately, it, it, it goes to um, my desk. And it goes to the team that is handling a specific airport where a customer had complained to, to Ed and said, hey. I'm still missing my bag. It was like a, a day ago or, or, or two days ago or whatever it is. And we look into this and we take care of this. And as much as we can, a customer rides us and has a bad experience. We ruin, I mean, I, I want to I be clear here. Sometimes itineraries are just not going as planned and we ruin a customer experience badly. And customers ride us. And when you read those things, You want to make sure that you take good lessons learned from that to prevent that from ever happening again. So that happens to Ed a lot. Ed gets those. They get very positive, but also very, very tough messaging. And then we look into this and we make it a point where we can to call the customer personally. Me, myself, my team members. It depends on who's taking care of this, depending on how big the topic was. It's, it's me or even my boss. And we talk to the customer and we hear, we hear them. Uh, that's part of the job. It, it humbles you, as it should, and it also drives you to make sure that we get systems improve, continuously improve our systems to prevent that from happening mm. again. 
That's a great approach. I think we're, you know, get a personal message, personal phone call. I think it's important. Yes, I understand. I'm coming from a standpoint where I understand those more severe cases. But if people are always, always complaining about a delay, you know, there is a, a comedian, a US comedian, and he has a really good bit on flying. And I love that. It's kind of like, hey, you're sitting in a chair in the sky, right? You know, and then you're <laughs> complaining about not having Wi-Fi. And you, it takes you six hours to get from the East Coast to the West Coast. Whereas some years ago, that was a, a, a year-long travel and you might have died during that trip. So I think sometimes people are too much complaining. on In the a pressurized metal container and they serve alcohol. Guess what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Millions and millions of people are traveling every year and they're getting to their destinations safely and on time. Or in my case, this past week coming back from Orlando, we got back early. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That is something where we are very proud of because we have been on the top of that list of on time, of being the best on time airline in, in the United States um, for quite some, some time now, year after year. And that is the basic foundation that you have to do. We call it Scott with Bags. And recovery. This means safe, clean, on time. This is Scott with bags and a recovery where needed. And that is the basic foundation that you have to provide to a customer to make it a good experience. Now, what we are aiming for is to go beyond that. And that is where I come back to what I said earlier. We have technology coming out and, and going live where we try to personalize the experience more, tailor it more towards your need. If you're a business customer, if you're traveling with your family to a specific destination, if we know that, what we do, for instance, moments that delight, if we know there is a newlywed couple on the plane, what can we do for them special? A family with four kids, how can we help them better through that journey? That That's what ultimately go, is going to make the difference moving forward. And we're very invested in this. And the best thing for us, to be prepared for this is to know you better. And that is where SkyMarts for us is a very important tool. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's a 200 million customers a year. And I have to say there are some of those things that I will never forget where we made a difference. And it was a really good story. I, I remember this. And that was not... I know everybody was talking about the dog that Delta lost in, in, in Atlanta. But I want to tell a story about numerous dogs that we saved because we had a we found that out in my region we had a a smuggler ring of of um, french uh, french bulldogs going from colombia to atlanta so what they would do is they would take a small french bulldog puppy they would fake the paperwork they would bring it to atlanta and the guy who was transporting the puppies would just try to get through and then they would sell it here for the multiple price that they would have gotten in, in Colombia, right? So what was happening, the local authorities here were catching this and they were saying, no, 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 wait a minute. Those papers are fake. We don't allow the dogs in. But the guys who brought the dogs in would just leave. So we weren't able to track them down and we were ending up with literally dozens of dogs in Atlanta at the airport as well as in our little tiny office in the Bogota airport. I have pictures of my Bogota station manager with, I'm not kidding you, with eight French bulldog puppies in her office handling, handling those puppies. Well, we put policies and procedures in place to prevent that from happening again so that those dogs couldn't get into, into, the, into the plane to begin with. 
and that is stuff where where we make a difference. In this case, it it saved uh, quite a lot of dogs actually from being stranded here. And the, the authorities were here were clear: this is not our problem. Do whatever you want with the dogs; they can't stay in the U.S. The dogs that came here, that landed in the U.S., we found a home for every single one of them. Delta employees. Oh no, I take one. And that's how how it ultimately worked. And I, I think that's where the culture again starts to shine through. I can imagine the stories and things you've heard that we would never even think about that come across your desk. So I don't even want to go there. But it is amazing, those stories, the amount of people that you travel, the amount of baggage that you have to, you know, I mean, it's just the bags themselves. You mentioned how many travelers now? So it was... You mentioned millions of... I'm thinking millions of bags. It is two and a half millions a month go through the Atlanta airport. And it's in in the six digits on a daily basis, just bags. I'm going to go ahead as we start to wrap up the show. And you're also on the board of directors for the German-American Chamber of Commerce South here in Atlanta. Talk about your participation with GACC South. So I'm very grateful and honestly very honored to be part of that board. Um, it is an amazing experience. And, and Matthias, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful on how you're running the GACC, but also how you are involving us on the board level on things that you do, that you think about, you, you bounce ideas off the board and then also drive us to, to, to provide proper feedback. You moderate this in such a great way that, that you extract the best of us. And that is something, that's what a board is for, right? And you don't want to always hear, yeah, that's a great idea, go. No, we have discussions, we have good conversations, and that brings out the best, I think, from a strategic perspective for the board. And I, uh, I, I love to be part of this. Uh, it teaches me a lot, quite mm-hmm. frankly. I learn a lot every time I talk to my fellow board members or other uh, members of the GACC. And that is what the GACC, I, I think, is also a lot of, of what the GACC is about. You are able to learn from other um, fellow um, businessmen the problems that they're dealing with. You talked earlier about, hey, um, what about getting talent for Delta? Well, other companies here, GACC members, they have the same problem. So we share this when we come together in the GACC. We talk about it and we share best practices. Well, you get this through the GACC. I mean, if, if you want to get it an even better level, you talk to the consultancy branch that we have. But you get this almost, almost for free because the, the membership is not as much when you talk about membership fee is not as much when you talk about the value that can you, you that you can extract from the GACC where do you get this so i love i love this about the GACC and wherever i can i, I, I i'm can happy only to give support back that that compliment huh? i mean for, for me it's the same <laughs> thing right so having guys like michael having you know like a, a fantastic board you not not only corporates but also smaller and medium sized yes. uh, companies right and you know, probably I, you know, we're we're a nonprofit. Probably I couldn't afford one hour of his advice. But like that, having them on the board, you know, I get perfect advice. And Michael is a great sparring partner. You know, talking strategy, talking organizational development, talking you know, like customer experience. Because hey, he has clients. We have members. You know, there's there's certain similarities. I agree. I uh, and again, I'm I, I very much appreciate that opportunity um, for me. And I again, I learn every time. You both get bells for that answer. Great answers. <laughs> GACC, upcoming events, Matthias, before we leave, I know you got a lot going on on sure, your plate. Sure, sure, sure. So, Gala, I mentioned it, uh, October 28th, 
with our Delta photo booth and yeah. the destination in the background, of course, of the photos then. Uh, Gateway Awards are coming up in North Carolina and South Carolina in the coming weeks. So fantastic events, kind of like our, our you know, like great award ceremonies in both Carolinas. Then we're going to, to Germany in a couple of weeks for a symposium on Beyond Plastics, Transatlantic Dialogue for a More Sustainable Future, which I think also Delta is doing great efforts in, in, in being more sustainable there. And then beginning of October, a lot of Texas coming up, uh, a delegation from the state of, how do you call it, Thuringen, Thuringia. Thuringia, Thuringia yeah. Yes, yeah. So coming over to Austin and to Houston, and then our, our very own Oktoberfest, which is great fun. Nice. And a couple of, you know, manufacturing behind the scenes, kind of like what Michael just mentioned, you know, bringing members to other members to learn from each other, right? So that's it in a nutshell. But again, homepage www.gacc south.com events calendar check it out a lot of things coming up thank you matthias thank you michael fascinating conversation really enjoyed it today thanks a lot i appreciate thank um, you thank you the talk is this was phenomenal i really enjoyed it a lot mike thanks a lot it really was we want matthias, to thank our listeners did. as well to gacc south unplugged the transatlantic conversation with ceo matthias hoffman and it's brought to you as always by Cobo. 